0: Through their investment in the Minnesota Corn Checkoff, corn growers are fueling research and initiatives that build a more sustainable future for farmers and all Minnesotans. The Minnesota Corn Podcast introduces you to the individuals who are shaping future ag practices, identifying new markets, and promoting agriculture with the non-farming public. Our guest for this episode is Mark Eniga, a corn and soybean farmer from Fulda in southwest Minnesota. Mark, we've talked before about your involvement in the Minnesota Corn Growers Innovation Grant program. And today we're going to spend some time discussing uh, a project that is uh, at least a couple of years in. I know with these innovation grant projects, they're typically three years. Um, where are you at with your project? And, and let's just kind of do an, an entire overview of, of what you got going on. Sure.
1: Yeah. So last year in 2020, uh, my project involved evaluating wide-row corn. Now, that's a concept that has been uh, gaining a lot of traction and interest uh, in the midwest and and lots of folks are taking a look at it. and I had interest in in looking at it as well. So within our system, we uh, have a standard row spacing of twenty two inches, and to utilize a wide row concept, we looked at uh, look using uh, forty four inches, so basically did a comparison between the two on approximately 30 acres with uh, six replicated strips that I did statistical analysis on and weighed each strip. In the wide rows and the standard rows, I uh, aerial seeded a cover crop to help with weed control and also provide uh, forage for our dairy cattle and also in an effort to increase uh, soil health. Uh, the results of last year were, were interesting because we had some challenges. And uh, that challenge was uh, started out with, uh, we got uh, approximately uh, two inches of heavy rain in a short period of time, right after we seeded the cover crop. And uh, it was surprising because I was hopeful that that rain would help to incorporate that cover crop seed and get it a, into a good spot to uh, get established. Uh, what ended up happening was um, there was quite a bit of variability in, in the cover crop stand because the cover crop seed from everything I could tell actually washed down the rows um, in certain places. So some rows um, I had a nice stand of cover crop and other rows uh, it was very, very bare and I had uh, cameras time-lapse cameras placed out in the field and I could identify that exact time period where the rows were not infiltrating enough water fast enough where the you could visibly see each row was filled with water so that was really surprising another challenge we encountered was uh the field got hailed on uh at around v7 stage so a little bit of a, a couple ops large obstacles there Uh, Taking this field to yield, um, we found that there was, uh, wide-row corn was inferior to standard width corn by 26 bushels. So that was uh, pretty surprising uh, because what we had heard was people were seeing around a 5 to 10 percent yield uh, decrease with using wide-row corn and then picking up the balance of the benefits of wide row corn through um, the use of the cover crops and uh livestock being able to consume those cover crops so uh as a takeaway we 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 also uh, identified some other areas of 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 uh we identified some other areas that uh were interesting as well with this study and and One of my collaborators, Bob Recker from Cedar Valley Innovations in Iowa, uh, we worked together to do um, plant-by-plant yield analysis on one one-thousandth of an acre on the wide row corn and uh, standard width corn, and we identified that there was a lot of variability from plant to plant yield, Um, and, and this is a concept that Bob has kind of been a pioneer on a, on looking at plant-to-plant variability. And we saw that variability in both the wide-row corn and the standard-width corn, uh, which kind of led us to our, our next iteration or, or year two of this project.
0: And before we get into what you have planned in 2021, Mark, it, it sounds like to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, but, but the major benefit to wide-row corn it, it, it hinges on, on cover crop establishment and the value that you get from that cover crop because I'm thinking about weed suppression. You've got to have that cover crop established. You mentioned uh, a livestock feed bonus there if you get that cover crop going. Um, but other than that, I'm I'm failing to see where wide-row corn um, really gives you as much.
1: Yeah, I would say that it's very important that if you're pursuing wide-row corn, uh, that you utilize the cover crop uh, as, as forage. And that means successfully establishing a cover crop. And what we identified and, and a takeaway from our project was that it would be best if you're able to interseed with a low disturbance uh, drill in between the rows. Uh, we did our interseeding at around B3. Um, and, and instead of spreading that cover crop with a spreader, um, it would be best if you're able to drill that to get better seed to soil contact. I did not have any issues with, with the cover crop growing, um, where it was seeded and, and the seed did not wash away. There was plenty of forage there, but it was so variable all over the field. You know, one row had cover crop and the next row right next to it, whether that was a a wheel track or, or, or what that, that caused that to to wash a little bit more, Uh, I don't know. But I think drilling that would be important. Um, Some other takeaways, I think, this field was planted uh, east to west and visiting with my collaborator, Bob Recker, he had mentioned that he's kind of of the viewpoint that planting wide-row corn north to south um, to take advantage of, of the sun uh, would be a better option. There's some other things that I think I've heard from some other, uh, folks studying this such as, uh, getting that corn and having all the, the fertilizer indexed to that row where that corn is at. That's pretty important with, with trying to basically narrow the gap between wide row and, and narrow row corn. So I think it's critical that you you have livestock to utilize that that cover crop to
0: to make up that difference. So, will planting wide row corn north to south be part of your 2021 plan?
1: For this innovation grant in 2021, um, that's not something that we're going to be doing. We're going to be trying to better understand the variability of of, uh, of plants in 2021. Uh, as part of the Minnesota Corn Innovation Grant Program, but uh, I will be pursuing studying wide row corn on a much smaller basis and testing some different concepts. Um, we'll be still continuing to plant cover crop uh, in that wide row corn. We'll we'll be planting north to south. We'll be trying to index some of the fertilizer. We're going to be trying some different row configurations, testing some different. Uh, population. We're going to kind of take that to a much smaller scale um, and and just be looking at that before we scale it back up to a larger field scale trial. Um, That would be required with the innovation, with the Minnesota Corn Innovation Program.
0: And if you said it, I I missed it. Uh, Have you experimented with narrow row corn or plan to do that in the future? I know Stein Seed Company has uh, been developing uh, corn hybrid technology that, that could work in that fashion? Is that something that you've looked at?
1: Well, some people would consider 22-inch corn, uh, narrow-row corn. I know there's uh, other folks that have done twin 20s, um, you know, twin-row corn and, and 30s. are are there. There's lots of different configurations out there. In a sense, it, it does take a fair amount of in- equipment investment to be able to study those things. And so we're we're trying to utilize the equipment that we have, which is a 24 or twenty two inch planner, and and study within the realm of using some tools we already have on the farm. So uh, that that's what we're doing
0: um, at this time. And that really brings up an important point, Mark, that uh, with experiments like this, uh, there there comes a cost, and to have the corn growers come alongside a grower like you and, and provide this innovation grant. Just speak to the value of that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, I really appreciate the Minnesota corn um, being available to support projects like this. Uh, it, it takes a fair amount of time resources um, and beyond that, some some resources of, of just investment and things that you wouldn't normally have um, spent money on to to uh, do these projects um, you know there was a, a a great a high level of of scouting that that occurred with with last year's uh, uh project uh, we were looking at individual plants uh we were taking aerial photographs time lapse photographs um, you know we were basically taking a lot of personal uh risk by Doing a large scale trial of a half a mile long rows, um, with six replications to do study, a control, and a treatment. So, you know, there, there's, there's kind of an investment by the producer and also an, a, a shared investment with, with Minnesota Corn.
0: Anything else about this innovation grant project that you feel is, is necessary to the conversation?
1: Yeah, I guess, you know, from my aspect, uh, you know, I'm excited about taking some of the learnings that from 2020 and and applying them in 2021 to you know better understand plant uh, variability that occurs. And uh, until I did this project, I, I just uh, I, I really felt that there was I didn't think there was as much plant variability out there as as what I. So I'm really excited about being able to um, evaluate that and and better control those things because I know those things are going to lead to um, a higher profitability for farmers.
0: Visit mncorn.org to learn more.